0: Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Making Sense, brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. I'm your host, Emily Bigham, and each week I'll be taking your questions to the experts to help you make sense of your money, pun intended. And just for uh, the audience who is just now tuning in, thank you so much for joining us on Making Sense. Um, I'm speaking with John Barton. Um, John, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Hi, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me over.
0: So while we're on the topic of uh you know service members transitioning out of service tell us your story.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess mine's more of the typical story uh although it was uh, about a decade ago and and there weren't many as many opportunities as there are now but I was transitioning um off reserve duty uh after after a time on active duty and the idea was oh wow this should be pretty easy I can you know Hang the uniform up, put the boots in the closet, and uh, immediately start getting to work. With this plethora of schools that I've been to, and all this amazing training, and my focus in the Marine Corps was uh, was weapons. I mean, I was a weapons company, and I was an O-351 by trade. But then I had gone on to develop my skills uh, at division schools. And so I had all this amazing knowledge of weapons and weapon systems, which had absolutely zero zero credibility in the outside world, and. I wanted to be a gunsmith somewhere at some you know random gun store so I found that I was um, woefully unequipped to handle the work environment and then went unemployed for for a while uh, long enough to burn through anything I'd saved from my time on active duty and so yeah, it was tricky. Um, so I dove in and, and went to my Rolodex to try to figure out who they knew that wore a uniform or I served with that might possibly be out in the civilian world. And I, I, I through some mutual friends and some random you know, universe intervention, I bumped into a uh, sergeant major who I had heard about, but had never served with. And he was working in film and TV business. And uh, he and I spoke up, we got into a conversation. We spoke a really long, amazing friendship. And through him, uh, that opened doors in the film and TV world. And that's kind of where I uh, I uh, maneuvered over into, but it had nothing to do with anything other than the fact that I had been a really good Marine. And I, I knew a lot about guns. So uh, it was funny how I was able to transfer skills that were completely inapplicable to the civilian world into something that was very uh, sought after in the civilian world, you know, was a, uh, an interesting career choice that had nothing to do with, you know, a day-to-day thing. It's, you know, Hollywood's a weird Group, you know this fantasy world that people get into, and I would have never wanted to be any anywhere near it. And happened, yeah. chance and and uh, karma took over.
0: Sorry, I don't mean to uh, jump in there, but I, I did want to ask you about um you know th- kind of this idea that the veterans are speaking a different language than the business leaders who might hire them, and you know I have a stat here that says you know like two thirds of veterans feel that way, and. It, Sure. You know, after after talking to you, it kind of sounds like that's maybe not the case that there are a lot of transferable skills that veterans don't even know they have. Um, are, do you have any sure. you know t- tips maybe for resume building or what veterans should be looking for for yeah, jobs? Absolutely,
1: you know, absolutely. I think that you should uh, have an open mind, and I think you should look at your military experience not just the, the specifics like your MOS and the schools you've been to, but look at it as a broad you know package of managerial skills. Uh, and troop-leading skills that transition into leadership skills outside the civilian world. And that's always your first step. As we were in the military, we're trained leaders. So, you know, the the civilian world, in, especially in, in lower, middle, and upper management, they're looking for trained leaders more than anything else. I mean, they want people that can hit the ground running uh, and, you know, grab people, people gravitate to them, and they're effective uh, in their communication and their discipline in, in terms of uh, how that, you know, relates to you know the bottom line for any particular company and is outside of whether or not vets want to go into business for themselves so i I think when I started working with vets with their resumes when I started getting into mentorship, the hard part was saying, "Okay, look, this is you on paper, and this is great because we're taught in the Marine Corps to go through you know our resume building as if we were taking all of our skills and applying them directly into a civilian resume for job sets and and that's fine, and some of that does translate over, and some of that does translate over into if you want to pursue a higher level degree." Uh, some of our classes and schools do translate into uh, college credits, and that can be translated into a, a degree in certain aspects. And certain colleges agree to that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
0: I'm so sorry. I just um, I, no, I no, just had ahead. an idea that I really wanted to touch on. So uh, yes. you mentioned the fact that a lot of businesses are looking for uh, trained leaders, and that's a quality that the you know the military you know leaders who are transitioning have. I wonder if that's maybe sort of. Having to do. And I don't want to say confidence because I don't think it's confidence. I think it's maybe that that uh, veterans need to understand the connection between the train leaders that they are in the military and how that relates over to the train leaders in the business, in the business world. Because I think that there's a lot of things there that are similar, but it, it's 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 sure. difficult to understand if you've never been in a corporate setting. So do you do yeah. you encounter that ever and how would you coach through that?
1: I do. I think what I have found it the most interesting is that, oddly enough, um, a lot of first, you know, veterans coming off active duty or reserve duty that come into the, the corporate world, but their first notion is to kind of be um, not meek, but they they tend to hide behind some of their more robust communication skills. Um, I have seen, I've been in conference calls and, and, and meetings where veterans were present. And I never knew because they were sitting and watching the room and anticipating and picking their targets and picking their battles to fight. And that's definitely a skill we're taught. Um, but I think that more vets should, should embrace this idea that they were, you know, trained communicators. And when they were, when they wore a uniform, they're trained, uh, in their abilities to communicate, succinctly, think and digest problems, uh, accurately and come up with uh, good solutions. And, 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 if you never communicate that in the corporate world, if you sit there and say, well, no one wants to hear from me. I'm just a vet that I never went to business school or I never did. That's doing yourself a disservice. And yes, there's a language barrier in the corporate side. uh, You know, they think and talk differently. But, you know, our world, as you you translate in, it's like it's not as uh, hard as mixing oil and water. I believe it's like mixing two different colors of water. And what you come up with is a hybrid. And so, You know as a veteran you look at you know look back to your basics look back to your communication and your and your attention to detail and then develop your style your leadership style that you may have already had while you were in or maybe it's a hybrid style that you're adapting to the corporate world now of course there are things you don't want to do you know we got to keep our swearing down to a minimum and Um, I think we need to tone down any of our uh, more robust rhetoric, but in the end, the skills that you learned, even going so far back as boot camp, are very applicable being a corporate leader.
0: So um, I'm reading your bio here, which is great, by the way. It's very long. You've done a lot of things. Um, And there's a part. There's a part. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So there's a part here that says that you encourage out of the box Marine Corps style leadership principles. I'm so curious to hear about some of these out of the box leadership principles. (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, you know, uh, uh, years ago I had uh, Sean refer to, to members of the Marine Corps. As, we're just the civilians' uh, multi-tool, or the we're the civilians' Leatherman. So there's so many different tools within our quiver that can be directly applied to how we, you know, work in the corporate world, but also how we become veteran entrepreneurs. And uh, it, you know, I I, I spent a lot of time in um, lessons learned, of what we call the asymmetric warfare. Um, school of division schools. And we talk about, well, you know, if you have a hammer and a, you know, and an ice cube, well, you can easily, you know, beat the ice cube into submission, uh, or there's different ways to let it melt. And there's different ways to utilize what it produces. And it's no different than if you're faced with some problem in the, in the corporate setting, you know, a veteran has to look at it and think, well, you know, the easiest outcome might not be the best. Um, the, uh, the easiest solution might simply be, you know, the, the hardest to communicate through in the civilian world. Um, but uh, I'm just trying to think of an analogy when we used our guerrilla warfare tactics. Um, <laughs> this civilian <laughs> application, but there aren't any good ones. Um, right. But there was a saying. There was a saying that I heard at boot camp, and granted, I, I was in boot camp about 20 years ago. Um, it was improvised, adapt, and overcome. And, and in essence, that's what asymmetric and counter-guerrilla warfare is. And so, you know, I think, I think vets can use their out-of-the-box thinking more uh, in the civilian world to create different types of hybrid results than they ever could in the military. I mean, in the military, we're still, our, our, our background is still uh, housed in a foundation of, you know, discipline and specifics to our branch in MLS. Well, you can think... In terms of, you know, you don't have to think in your MOS or you don't have to think in those specific structured terms when you're out in the corporate world. I mean, you have access to Google. There are many times in the field when I was setting up booby traps and doing cool stuff, I had no access to Google. And if I had, I'm, there were all kinds of really cool things I could have learned. that we didn't teach in our regimented school system.
0: Kind of sounds like it's what the I process, think? right? So it's the, it's the process at which you problem solve. And can you repeat those three words one sure. more time?
1: Uh, improvise, adapt, and overcome.
0: I love that. That's great. That and sounds like.
1: Ter- oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say that it sounds like for um, any veterans that are starting that want to start a business. I know that's definitely a popular, uh, you know, um, career move for veterans it, that 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 would solve a lot of problems.
1: <laughs> yeah, beyond a doubt. Again, it goes back to this multi-tool concept where, you know, you can be a, a, You know, the military teaches you to just, you know, mission accomplishment and there's there are so many different methods to do this, and we're to to complete those the mission objective we're all we're aimed with we're armed with training right so there was a um, another expression we we learned when I was going through our martial arts training program, which was one mind any weapon and so you know you can apply that to just anything you do as an entrepreneur right so If you have the head knowledge, if you if you can become a a duty expert in what it is you want to accomplish, how you want to what the next amazing, great thing you want to bring to the world is, and you just look at it like, what are the so how do I head think my way through this? And that's singly the most important tool that you have is your ability to to think through the issue.
0: And improvise.
1: Adapt
0: and overcome. Yeah, I love that. Um, So switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about uh, resumes and how veterans can tailor their resumes to civilian positions to make their military experience applicable to a more corporate job. Yeah, sure. This is something that um, you know you mentioned in a military personnel office that's applicable to human resources. I don't even know if if maybe sometimes the terminology or the jargon used in the corporate world even registers if you haven't been in it.
1: I don't think it does either. And I think that, so, you know, as I said, about a decade ago, when I was first transitioning out, there was so few resources for veterans. And and now, especially like with with the tools that uh, maybe federal offers and the SBA offers, I mean, there's certainly more elements out there that can help guide and, and let veteran entrepreneurs prosper, which did not exist a decade ago. And it was much more difficult. But, uh, you know, the, the resume is tricky. So outside of the entrepreneur side of the fence, if you want to you know do something amazing in, in the work environment, there are, there are tons of opportunities. And, and so I want to draw back to my original story, which I talked about my friend who was the captain and who was the XO of Second Battalion, Fifth Marines. Well, he now has a, a master's degree in marketing, which he did his entire education on Camp Poundton while he was on active duty. And he applied everything that he was learning and training into a civilian mindset, a corporate mindset, as he was going through these online schools and some, you know, I think he did some in-course classes, but mainly it was online as he completed his degree. So he started learning the civilian terminology and adapting it to his resume early on. He took things like, um, of course, I've done the same thing. When I went to NCO school, you know, that's just, you know, an upper management certification course, right? So... He looked at that and he said, well, I've done this training block as, a, as, a, as an officer. I've done this training block as an enlisted Marine, and I've done this training block, and those translate. So well, the corporate designations are these. And so he used any advanced school he went to, any leadership school he went to, and plugged it into the corporate you know, side of the fence. Now, it's funny because he's been telling me that a lot of the corporate side, they've so many veterans have gone into the corporate workforce that they're actually changing terminology to reflect more the attitude of the incoming service member." And so they t- it's easier for that side to know, okay, well, this person went to you know, non commissioned officers course, so they can. You know, we don't have to send them to a basic managerial position. They've already got the managerial leadership skills intact from the government. So you know, we can just send them to a, you know, something on our side that teaches them the basics of how we work. For example, let's say Xerox. I've had a lot of friends that go over to Xerox, and they immediately send any veterans that come to their pipeline to their corporate training course to learn the corporate side of just Xerox. no you know, different than what we did in the military when we send people to Army NCO school, but the NCO, the skills you learn in that course, you know, are basically managerial.
0: What about the job environment? So we've talked a lot about the skills and how those are transferable, sure. but is the job environment ever difficult?
1: Oh, it can be. I think now it's more difficult than I've ever seen it. Um, it was pretty tough in around you know, 2009, 10, right, right at the height of the recession, I think there was a lot of you know, people just being very discouraged. Um, nobody was hiring. If you were an entrepreneur trying to get out there and get your get a product or service out there, nobody was funding. Um, that was tough. I think it's really tough now because even in, in, in what's happening currently, if the, the banks are funding, if the credit lines are liquidable and you're able to get out there and let's say you want to start the next big company, I mean, we're still limited by social distancing. Uh, I mean, I live in Los Angeles. We just had a whole new series of uh, stay-at-home orders put in effect. So, you know, this pandemic is, uh, is really tricky for us. Outside of that, in times when, we're, when, you know, things are a little bit more successful in the economy on an upturn, which I believe we're going to see here real soon, um, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world where the competition's really intense. And so you have to, look, you know, navigate your way through a competitive corporate environment, much more so than now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's definitely some give and take, um, you know, uh, the environment, work, what's happening in the world, politics, they all interfere with how that's getting out into the workforce.
0: Are you seeing any – I know that you have uh, a couple of businesses and you also, you know, you speak at various – um, you know, schools and and other, and you have other programs that you're um, involved in. What have you seen anything? Um, in, I guess in your businesses related to COVID that have you know made you have to alter the way that you are operating and how you've overcome that using a tactic from the military.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've had to refocus everything that we're doing, um, especially on the film side. And you know, as I do more consulting work uh, and service work in the film business, there has been nothing. We've only just started going back to productions as of you know a couple months ago, and even then, it's at about twenty or thirty percent of where it was just a year ago. I just finished a project out in um, in the New York area, and the direct impact is how we interact with each other on a set now many people have not been to a movie set some people have Um, those that have know that there you know can be anywhere between 200 and 600 people on a set in any given time or in various locations throughout a movie crew so it's a huge grouping of people and that's well outside of your director and your your principal cast well i deal directly with directors and cast members i do a lot of production work you know, behind the scenes, but it, mainly I'm up there in front trying to make sure everyone looks great. Well, those, there's new rules in place where I can't even go up and, you know, adjust an actor's weapon and a sling. I can't go up and adjust a uniform. I can't, there's nothing I can do with that actor without going through a series of COVID protocols to get to hands-on. Uh, and they even discourage it, even though we go through those protocols. Uh, every day we have to go through a, a questionnaire, um, a COVID-written uh, test uh, at the end of business, we have to document whether or not we felt ill or we're getting headaches or anything like that. And, you know, our, our you know take those hundreds of people and they're all put under a microscope daily and we have, you know, a check and balance that goes into making sure that, a that we're not getting sick, but in particular with, you know, our actors on set, if you have a $25, $30 million actor and you give them COVID or her COVID, be ready for the lawsuit that's going to come. So I understand there's, there's definitely protocols in place for what we do and how we do it now that that's... Part of that's directly affecting creativity. I mean, you know, the film side of this is a creative business at the end. So people have to work creatively with each other to come up with something cool. Um, For me, I do a lot more stuff, you know, uh, on just like we did this uh, job in New York. I, I would have to talk to the actor via our phones in between takes. So he'd have his phone in his pocket. I'd have my phone and we would talk and I'd say, look, adjust your thing to look like this. And I'd have one of my staff dressed up in an identical suit uh, whatever he was wearing to make sure that he could make the adjustments. All right, I need you to walk like this. And I'd have my staff member walk like this. And then the actor would emulate. And it was tricky. We've never had to do that before.
0: Yeah, that is tricky. Um, and that that's another way I think that you, you know, can use that skill of adapting them that you said you learned in the military. And I think that right that's something adapting. I mean, we I've, I've experienced that here in Navy Federal. <laughs> I, I I really uh, miss the in-person and, and you, you know, you, being creative and coming up with solutions or problem solving, you know, problem solving through, you know, what kind of relief we're going to give members for, for COVID. Um, that's not as easy to do when you have to call someone or set up a meeting or some, you know, it just, it's easier to do when you're, when you're with people. That's when the real creativity and, you know, you just kind of start to get on a
1: groove. Um, oh, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. I, I've i seen, you know, the the individual veteran on their own is, is powerful, but with vets getting groups and actually can hybridize and brainstorm. That's really when true power comes out. Um, and it's true across the board with everyone that, that shares a creative vision, of course. Um, but I work with groups of veterans and I'm not just out here on my own doing my own thing. I work with a great, amazing support staff. I have people and networks all over the place. And when I run into a situation, I have people I can call. I can work through problems and talk about things. And um, it, it's, it's interesting that that how much we rely, even as veterans, on that face-to-face interpersonal connectivity uh, and to watch COVID erase all that. It's uh, its unfortunate.
0: Yeah, well, erase it, but I'll, maybe just find another way to get the job done,
1: you know? For sure. I mean, look, getting, again, it goes back to mission accomplishment. Yes. That is our primary goal. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we as, can you be as effective in the COVID times? Yeah, I think you can get close. But I think, I think we're all looking forward to those days when we go back to work and we can actually shake a hand and and create those interpersonal bonds that make everything that much better. I think that we're, an amazing species, and we just do work better together.
0: Right. Well, part of me thinks that if now than ever, veterans are more well equipped to, to handle the stresses in the job market, that a lot of people have, you, they haven't had these types of hardships enter their lives. And maybe the veterans can, can help um, the civilians that are in the, in the workforce to overcome it.
1: Well, Kate. Uh, look, case in point, I know we probably crunched for time, but I witnessed numerous instances of veterans helping people with the COVID protocols, especially on donning and doffing equipment like masks and gloves. I mean, we all, I can remember going through you know, every level of mop training you could think of. And so, especially if you just boil it down to a boot camp scenario where everyone goes into the gas chamber, at some point you've been tear gas. You know how to put a gas mask on. You know how to take a gas mask off. You know how to put gloves on. You know how to take gloves off. I watched all these vets of of, I mean, I don't even know what MOSs they all have, but they all knew how to take gloves on and off really well, and so they were going around to each crew member and helping them because you know a lot of civilians on a movie set or in any corporate environment, I guess, ha- haven't had to work an entire twelve or fourteen hour period with gloves interfering with you know their day to day, and yet in the military that's just a common thing, you know. So it was interesting to see that level of. Uh, uh, group help that was taking place with the, it's 60, 80 people, learning that oh wait you can't take gloves off like this. I didn't know that. And so I thought that was pretty spectacular.
0: Yeah, even the small things like that. So um, you know we are a little bit crunch for time. Well, not crunch for time because you know I, I could talk, I could talk all day about this. Um, but give me a cut off time. So.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Is there anything else that you know we haven't talked about that you want to get out to you know the veterans who are transitioning into million jobs?
1: You know, I would, I would say, like we had said earlier, there's, there's, there's many paths to the forest, right? So whether you decide as a veteran that you want to be the next big tech mogul, or you want to just be an amazing, you know, upper manager at, at McDonald's, all of this is, is, is great. And it depends on where you want to take yourself because not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur. It's tough. There's a lot of risk. The chances of going broke are pretty much, um, you know, 90% certainty if you're in certain instances. So, you know, there's all these different levels of why you should do something, why you shouldn't. So, so I say, look, follow your passion. If you're passionate about going into business for yourself, then you need to become an amazing duty expert in what you want to do and how you want to do it and learn from other veterans that are doing it. I always make my door open to people for mentorship because I believe that I've learned some interesting, valuable, costly lessons in my life. And I'm happy to share the pitfalls of that journey. Um, you know, it's, it's funny and because- successes. You a, yeah, successes. On successes. <laughs> yeah, successes are great. Successes are great. but you have to navigate, successes are easy to navigate. Everyone's happy, right? You're, you're making money. Everyone's having a great time. How do you navigate the failures uh, and the pitfalls, especially in today's COVID times, can really determine the ethical path you take as a business owner and even as uh, an employee, and it can guide your future prosperity. Um, there are great ways to navigate speed bumps, and there are really crappy ones. So <clears throat> I think that you know veterans can learn from each other and how we navigate our, our way down that bumpy road, because honestly, these days, at least for the interim, we're going to be down some bumpy roads.:
0: Yeah, uh, you know, who knows? who knows what's going to get done in this next.
1: Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we've already we had pestilence and you know floods. I mean, we've had record hurricanes this year. I mean, what's next? <laughs> what's <we> next?
0: <sighs> Maybe oh, you know. Yeah. I think on the East Coast, we're due for big snowstorms.
1: Oh yeah, that's... that's coming. I just saw it on the news. Yeah, you'll get that tonight. No,
0: <laughs> I'm not prepared.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, my
0: goodness! Well, thank you so much for um you know joining the podcast today and I, I would be great to talk to you again about specifically um entrepreneurs or veteran owned businesses. I think thats that would be a really good topic to really get into, especially the experience that you've had um, yeah
1: it's my it's my pleasure. there's some real heavy meat and potatoes in a good veteran entrepreneur talk so
0: yes Any and some good beer I heard too right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes. Our beer is quite good. It does. <laughs> uh, it, it People do like it. Gets um, the job done. I, COVID, COVID has really put a damper on our beer making, let me tell you. But uh, we are looking forward to 2021 for sure. Um, a little bit. We're going to we're going to yeah, again, we have to improvise and adapt and overcome the crisis. So we're rebranding a little bit, but we're going to we're going to have beer for the masses here pretty soon. Once again.
0: Very exciting! I'll have to make a trip up from Coronado next ah, time I'm you're down. Always welcome if I make it through this always blizzard welcome. that's coming tonight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right.
0: uh, so, where can know, le- listeners find you?
1: Well, from our, you, you can go to our, our main uh, corporate portal, which is thewarfightergroup.com. dot um, or if you're interested in just uh, our beer, you can go to the Warfighter Brewing Company, and um, we can answer your questions there.
0: And for resources for veterans,
1: <laughs> they can
0: always call me direct. <laughs> uh, they have to come by beer.
1: Right. They got it. Well, you know, I tell you, those conversations are the best had over a pint. Um, so, so, anytime we, uh, they can reach out to me at any of our email addresses. Uh, anyone that needs help with any 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 questions they have in regards to work or entrepreneurship, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. My numbers are public. Um, my emails are public and I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: All right. Well, thank you, John, so much for being on the podcast. And for it those of you morning. who are
1: listening,
0: <laughs> and hopefully we'll talk soon. Um, and for those of you who are listening um, make sure you subscribe to making sense wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating, drop a comment or email us at making sense at Navy org. That's M A K I N G C E N T S at Navy org where we're making your financial health our mission. Take care, John.
1: Thanks a lot. You too. Navy Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. This podcast is intended to provide general information and shouldn't be considered legal, tax, or financial advice. It's always a good idea to consult a tax or financial professional for specific information on how certain laws may apply to your individual financial situation. References to and participation with your military community does not constitute organizational endorsement. Navy Federal is an equal housing lender. Navy Federal Credit Union, our members are the mission.